of the most frequent questions that I have gotten from viewers anytime I do any kind of Q&A is, can Trump actually go to jail? And if so, what would that look like? And there is a very specific kind of set of events that take place if Donald Trump were to be convicted. So here's a question I got from Chuck Raglan 9972, who asks, when Trump is convicted in a court of law, what will that look like? Will Trump go straight to prison? What would that mean for the Republican convention? It'd mean chaos for the convention, to be honest. Let's go ahead and start with that. It would be total, utter chaos for Republicans to have to go into a nominating convention and say like, yeah, we're going to pick the felon, I guess. But with Trump's first trial now on the schedule for March 25th, we will have a verdict before assuming that trial stays on pace before the convention. So they would have a chance, by the way, and this is worth pointing out at the convention, they could simply vote for somebody else. Here's how that works, by the way. It's funny to think about because we don't actually have a democratic system here in the United States at all, right? Our, our popular vote is actually overtaken by the electoral college, uh, in the nominating process, technically those electors can go to that nominating convention and nominate whoever they want. Let's not forget that in 2016, Ted Cruz at his speech at the Republican convention, where they were about to nominate Trump, he actually told the electors vote your conscience trying to get them to vote for somebody else who then would have been the nominee. So there, there's no laws governing it at all. They can vote for whoever they want. So if Trump has a conviction, they could all just say, you know what? Uh, I vote for Nikki Haley. So they do have an out if the convention has not taken place yet. In terms of what will it look like in terms of jail time? Many different possibilities here. But in a criminal trial, here is what happens. When that jury comes back and if they say, yes, he's guilty on, you know, one count, 10 counts or the 34 counts he's facing in New York, doesn't matter how many, the judge does not automatically say five years, get out of here, bailiff, take him away. That's not what happens. Movies and TVs, TV shows make us think that that happens. That's not it at all. What then happens is they will say, okay, you are guilty. I am going to schedule a sentencing date for the future. Sometimes that sentencing date can be six months or longer into the future. And then at the sentencing date, that does not mean that Trump goes to jail. The judge sits there's like 10 years, take him away. That doesn't happen. Sometimes it does. Sure. Especially if the individual is violent and also for the record, if you do get a guilty verdict from a jury, if it is determined this person's violent, like if they committed a murder or a sexual assault, they usually will be taken away immediately and put in jail. Um, so that can happen. It's not, it's not common, but at the sentencing date, the judge will say, okay, here's your sentence set to begin two months from now or three months from now or a week from now. It's usually not at that very moment, Trump will have time to get his affairs in order before he reports to prison. So that's what it would look like if Donald Trump goes to jail. Because of that, do I think that Donald Trump will be in jail if convicted on all counts in New York by election day? No. Not to mention the fact that, of course, if he gets the guilty verdict, 
his lawyers are going to appeal it. They will ask for a stay in any kind of sentencing. And if he does get sentenced while the appeal is ongoing, they will ask for a stay of the sentence till the appeal. There's lots of things that can happen. Will Trump go to jail even if convicted this year? I think the answer to that is no. But could he be a convicted felon before summertime? Hell yeah, he could. And that is going to hurt him just as bad as if he were sitting in a jail cell. You know, a remarkable thing has happened over the last year, and I've talked about this a couple times, but it bears repeating. Donald Trump, as we all know, on January 6, 2021, told his supporters at the ellipse that day, you have to fight like hell to take your country back. That was a direct, in the eyes of many, call to action to his supporters. Since then, and because he's still facing civil lawsuits and the criminal trial over that statement, Trump has figured out a way to tell his supporters what to do without telling them what to do. A great example of that has been with these criminal trials where Donald Trump can go out there, say a horrible thing about the judge or the prosecutor, not even tell his supporters to do or say anything. And then the death threats flow in. He has trained them so well that all he has to do is say, I don't like this person and his people like trained attack dogs go out and do these horrible things. That brings me to a next question. This is from uh, Shawnee is a Cubs fan one who says, if Trump is convicted of any of the charges against him, do you think he will send a distress signal to supporters for help? There's a chance he does. If Trump gets a criminal conviction, if he is convicted of a felony, could he put something on truth social? Like, Hey, y'all got to come save me. That's possible. Yeah, we, we have seen him do things similar to that in the past where he says, you have to stand up, you have to fight back. And that has happened a few times since the Capitol riot. So that's not the only example, but typically they already know what to do. Again, he has trained these people so well that sometimes he doesn't even have to say anything about it. And they go out there and issue the death threats. Another great example of that the Colorado uh, Supreme court kicking him off the ballot in the state of Colorado before Trump said a single thing publicly about that court decision. What happened? His supporters were already lobbying the death threats. His supporters were already showing up at these people's houses before Trump said a word. So I don't think he has to say anything. <clears throat> I think he knows that they know what to do now. And I'm not saying that all MAGA people are like that, but there's enough of them like that to make this a very real threat and a very real possibility. Because of that, I also think that, you know, the law enforcement agencies, wherever these decisions may come from, they understand that. So on the day when Donald Trump walks into court and the jury says, we have our decision, you're going to see more security around those buildings than you have ever seen in your life. And it will continue that way for weeks or months after that decision comes down. The people that serve on that jury will likely either remain completely anonymous 
or they will get some kind of security protection. Same thing with the judge, uh, Juan Merchant in this case. Same thing with Alvin Bragg, the prosecutor in the New York uh, uh, trial. So there's going to be a lot of security. <clears throat> there's also going to be a lot of threats. I, I can promise you, like clockwork, because we know how this works, I'll sit right here after that verdict comes in, probably even during the trial, talking about the threats that are coming in, the bomb threats, because we've already seen them call in bomb threats to delay trials. It, it, it will be potential chaos, but hopefully these law enforcement agencies in these areas where it's going to happen understand that this is what these people do and they have to be prepared for. You know, I remember saying shortly after the 2022 midterm elections, where we had the people like Carrie Lake and Herschel Walker, it, it honestly was the dumbest election I've ever seen in terms of the caliber of people running for office. And some of them lost, some of them won. And that, of course, was one of the more terrifying parts is not just the people that were running, but the people that won, people that got back into office, like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert and Jim Jordan and Louis Gohmert. But I told you after that 2022 election, things will get dumber. I remember sitting right here and talking about the fact that in two years, we're going to look back and be like, wow, yeah, Herschel Walker was dumb, but he's nothing compared to what's running for office today. And shortly after I made that statement, uh, that's when George Santos burst onto the scene and all of his lies were exposed. So things immediately got dumber. I thought we were going to have to go a year and a half before they got dumber, but they immediately got dumber. And that brings me to our next question. This is from Leifkat, who asks, will actual problems be addressed as political platform foundations after the Trump clown show dies? Or are we now forever stuck in sophomoric political stunts and sound bites as the country falls deeper into a death spiral? Are the troglodytes winning as education is pushed off, pushed off a cliff from both sides? So basically, yeah, kind of distilling this down is like, are we just stuck with the stupid people? Or are we actually going to get people in office that know how to govern and then govern? Because we do have some people in office right now who know how to govern, but unfortunately, because they're in the minority, uh, we're not getting anything done. So are we stuck in the cycle of stupid Yes. That's not the answer you wanted. Like, I, I feel like this is one of those questions that's like, please give us hope for the future. I got no hope. <laughs> I'm sorry. I really think that the Republican party itself has become such a dumbed down entity that I don't know that we can have a real fully functioning government when you have one side that wears their dunce cap with pride. You know, it, it's one thing to understand your own limitations, to be like, listen, I'm not qualified for this position. I shouldn't be running for it. Why am I here? You know, we shouldn't have former football coach Tommy Tuberville as a senator. We shouldn't have had former football player Herschel Walker running for Senate. We shouldn't have people who don't know how the law even works writing our laws. <clears throat> we have people in Congress that if you ever watched it, like Marjorie Taylor Greene recently, you know, she's trying to read something off paper, can't even pronounce words. She's reading with her finger. I mean, 
we need smart people. And I'm not saying that not being able to read doesn't mean you're not smart. I get that. I understand it. But we should strive to have in office people better than us. And we're not as a country. We've just stopped doing that. We have said, I want somebody, and this goes back long before Trump came in. I know you talked about Trump in your question. He is a symptom, not the cause. But it all started back with Reagan. Reagan, this kind of down-home, goofy guy. Yeah, he's Hollywood from California, but he's also got his cowboy hat and, you know, looking like just an average Joe, right? Oh, he's a little slow, maybe a little forgetful here and there, but that just endears him to the public. Hell, even before that, Gerald Ford, right? Former football player. Oh, he's just a down-home boy, good old guy. And then with George W. Bush, right? What was the question? I know, I know my audience, we're old enough to remember. What was the thing they talked about? He's the kind of guy that I'd like to have a beer with. Listen, I, I, I enjoy a good beer every now and then. And by good beer, I don't drink good beer. I drink trash beer, but I don't want a politician that seems like a drinking buddy. I want a politician that seems like if he saw me on the corner drinking a Bud Light, he'd be like, go, go, go away. Go do something productive. I want people smarter than me. I want people better than me. I don't want a drinking buddy for president of the United States. That doesn't sound smart. That doesn't sound good. But because that's where we are, and it's been going that way for decades, no, I don't see it getting better anytime soon. In the distant future, maybe. But for now, we are stuck with politicians that people vote for based on whether or not they could sit at a bar with them. At this point... The members of the MAGA movement have been being conned by Donald Trump since 2015. So we're talking nine years almost since Donald Trump descended that escalator and continued to fleece these people for everything they had. He did it during the 2016 campaign by telling them that all your problems are caused by the people coming across the border. That wasn't true. He did it while he was president going out there and promising them, I'm bringing jobs here. I'm bringing the carrier jobs. I'm bringing the automobile industry jobs. You didn't deliver on any of those. We got the Foxconn jobs in Wisconsin. That didn't happen. And then of course, during COVID, oh, it'll be over by Easter. And if not, we got some bleach. You just injected in there with the light treatment. And yeah, sure. It's great. And then the farce of the 2020 election being stolen from him, fleecing his supporters out of over a hundred million dollars. These people have been conned and conned and conned and they still fall for it today. So should we even feel sorry for these people at this point? Well, that brings me to my next question. This is from user Orinoco 500 who asks, <clears throat> Do we really need to try and save some people on the MAGA cult? I am tired of the news and commentators feeling sorry for them and want to pull them out, but I think they're beyond that and they're actually happy being that way. I don't disagree with you. These people, in fact, in recent interviews have even told, you know, reporters and, and commentators that, listen, we're okay with Donald Trump using our political donations to pay his legal fees. Some have gone as far as to say, if I knew that's what he was using it for, I'd have given him more. 
even though he's allegedly a billionaire. They like it. They enjoy being fleeced at this point. So no, we should not feel sympathy when they shell out a hundred dollars to buy his latest NFT collection. We should not feel sorry. A fool and their money are soon parted. Some of these people, of course, are in dire financial situations themselves, but they still give him money. And after eight, nine years of it, I have no sympathy for these people, but it's not just their money that they have given up. Many of them have given up their personal freedoms by committing illegal acts to support him. Most specifically, obviously the Capitol rioters, people who have gone in front of judges and bawled their eyes out saying I was duped. Oh God, I'm so sorry for what I did. And the judge says, that's cool. Prison. I have no sympathy for those people because we told y'all for years and years and years and years that you were being conned at this point, you get what you deserve, but I'm going to go even one step further. It's not just the MAGA people. It's Republican voters in general. And again, I'll take it back to Reagan. Reagan burst onto the scene and said, we got to get rid of the unions. You're paying money to these people and they're, they're pocketing and they're getting rich themselves. You know what, what to do with your job. You can do it better than a union. We killed the unions in the eighties and we also killed the middle class by doing it. Reagan told us as HW Bush then told us and W Bush told us and Trump told us later on, they all told us if we give more tax breaks to rich people, it's going to trickle down to you. They're going to give you that money. They don't want that money. They want to give it to you. Never happened. Republicans have been getting fleeced and fleeced and fleeced. Their politicians, the people they put up for office, that's what they do. They con them. They either con them with these promises that we're going to give you these great things, or they con you with the promises of, oh, we're going to fix this problem. We're going to solve immigration. No, you're not. The U.S. Chamber of Commerce wants as many people as possible coming across that Southern border. They've got all the money. All the money you rely on for your campaigns comes from the people who are members of the Chamber of Commerce. You're not going to solve anything because they want that free, cheap labor. And they're fleecing their supporters into thinking, we're going to close that border down on day one. No, you're not. Because your donors would have you out of office with a single phone call if you tried to do that. Again, the voters get fleeced. So it's not just Trump. He has certainly taken it to a new level. But the fleecing of Republicans is a more than 40-year effort that continues to this day. Thanks for listening to today's Fair and Balanced Daily. Stay up to date with all of our content by finding us on YouTube at youtube.com slash fairandbalanced and follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at fairandbalanced. Balanced.